I never had the desire to like be on staff at a church. That wasn't something that I, um, when I started playing music, was looking forward to or like going, this is my goal that I want to be. And so I wasn't trained in choir arrangements or leading large churches because that wasn't even on my, my radar. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Hello, my brother. So tell me something. Isn't this episode 230? 230. Yes. Good gracious. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. If (laughs) you're tuning in for the first time, you got a lot of catching up to do. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, a great conversation ahead of us. Uh, We are headed to Destiny Worship Center in Florida, right around the corner from you, Aisha. Whoop, whoop. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're up where it's really pretty, actually. Yeah, I should go. Yes, you should. (laughs) Yes. You have to put that on your list. I'm just going to put Florida in general on my list. Come on. Come on down. Oh, in Toronto, we are getting summer weather now, so I'm not complaining. (laughs) Whatever that is to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. I discovered last week that the AC is shot in my car, and that's troubling. It's a little annoying, and as the weather gets warmer, I'm a little concerned, so I'm going to have that looked at today or tomorrow. Listen, that's not a problem that you can sit on here in Florida. Even rolling down the windows, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it won't help. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like Just, if your AC is out, you need to get that fixed immediately. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's my uh, that's my project for this week, I guess, is get that All dealt right. with and fixed. And hopefully it's not a lot of money. I'm just hoping it's the refrigerant that needs to be refilled. Maybe there's a leak mm-hmm. which can be corrected. But if they have uh-huh. to replace and I'm not a car geek or anything like that, but if they have to right. replace this compressor thing, that yeah. apparently is big bucks. I'm hoping it's oh, not that. Gosh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll yeah, see what maybe happens. Just need a little free on. Pray, pray for me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So today chatting with Jake Smith and he heads up the worship at Destiny Worship Center. I guess there have been a lot of changes over the last couple of years, obviously, Mm -hmm. for churches around the world and a lot of adapting since COVID began, uh, still adapting, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you're trying to get the people to come back to church. Right, Um, right. And also with a lot of the online services over the last couple of years, I would say the ceiling has risen. The expectation is higher as far as quality and everything else. So absolutely, I thought we could get into the conversation with him about paid musicians Mm -hmm. versus volunteers. Like, where do you draw that line? Right. Mm -hmm. Because you want people that are good at what they do. Sure. Um, and sometimes that costs a little bit of money. So right. Um, right. I, I have a little bit of a challenge with some of that, <laughs> right? Because because where do you draw the line? If I'm really good and if, and if I happen to attend that church, does that mean I get paid? Are you going to cover my gas money? Are you going to cover my time if it's my livelihood, right? Right, right. So I thought we could get into that with him and he can speak as far as his experience. They have mm-hmm. multiple campuses as well. So we could talk a little bit of how that all works. And get into some of the technical stuff as well. Fun, fun stuff. I know that when it comes to the technical standpoint, uh, you'll be able to speak to it quite a bit, huh? Well, hopefully not too much because I don't want to do all the talking, right? (laughs) I'm a radio guy and that's kind of 
my livelihood too, right? So Right, right. <laughs> It's going to be good. I heard my brother on the weekend, he's a pastor, as I've indicated before, and he was preaching and he jumbled something up right in the beginning. And he Mm -hmm. says, so much for being a professional communicator. (laughs) Same thing for me. It happens sometimes. Yeah, you know, we're, yeah. we're human, yeah. both human and divine. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Let's get into our conversation with Jake Smith from Destiny Worship on Between the Grooves. Come to, Toronto. Sure. Come to Toronto in the wintertime and I'll show you what cold is. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't uh, relish that and, and uh, you know, admire the cold at all. I, I'd sooner skip it myself. But <laughs> so how long have you been at uh, Destiny Worship Center in Florida? So I've been here coming up on a full year. And so what were pretty nice. And what were you doing before that? So before that, I was um, helped a buddy plan a church in Pittsburgh for two years. So he he was from New Orleans as well. He was actually the first pastor in New Orleans that told me it was okay that I played, you know, music in clubs and also led worship on Sunday. It was like this new, okay, like, man, I love that you do both, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was my start with him in New Orleans. And then I I worked at uh, another church for about six years. And so did that, then went to Pittsburgh and now we're here, Dustin. And are you still clubbing? So I'm still... (laughs) I'm still I like how you play, asked that. Yeah, yeah, are you still clubbing? How else um, do you want me to say it, you know? Yeah, it's funny. So I still put out original music, just just my name, and it's like soulful. Some of it's folky. So I still do that side. I'm not as far, I'm not like touring or anything um, as much anymore, but still putting out music on that end and doing everything with Destiny Worship music. So, And Destiny Worship is your full-time gig now. That is correct. Yes, sir. And how many people do you have with you? I thought it'd be interesting to have this conversation. And I was mentioning this to Aisha earlier about the fact that you have numerous people on your team from the worship standpoint, musicians, singers, and whatever else. And you have multiple locations as well. How do you decide who gets paid and who doesn't get paid? And the reason why I asked the question is because if I have a guy like me, um, I've got like 30 plus years experience doing audio, but if it's my home church, am I just a volunteer or am I getting paid as well because of my experience, uh, because of my training uh, and my expertise or, right. you know, a lot of churches I yeah. think would look at, well, you attend the church, that means you're a volunteer. If we're bringing somebody in from outside, <laughs> then then we pay them. And I'm thinking, well, that's not necessarily fair either. Yeah. I think there's always been so many different arguments on this. I mean, some people really they'll over spiritualize it in my opinion where it's like you're just going to serve and that's your gift back to the the church and you're going to get fed because of it and then there's a swing side where everybody's paid and nobody's connected you know it's just come in do the job we're going to pay you just i don't care if you don't like the church whatever just do it and i think there's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle um Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about you know in our churches is i'll pay somebody that's you know, worth it in the sense of the distraction levels are down. If they're going to be up on stage, it's going to be top notch. They're going to prepare their music. They're going to be ready to go. Um, they're going to limit the drama interacting with them. I mean, that's worth pay to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to do that. And also we're growing so fast that there's sometimes there's just not enough connected, skilled volunteers. It's just sure. where we're at. We try to fill the gaps with paid players, um, and we don't go overboard with it. I mean, we're not paying them so much that it's astronomical, but there's a lot of people driving around, driving pretty far the way we're set up. 
um, that we just want to take care of them, you know. Does talent play into it as well? It's obviously bringing people from the outside. You know, you have an expectation on talent, but what about the volunteers? I heard somebody say in Nashville a couple of years ago, they were talking about the bar distraction. And they said, where's the bar distraction for your team on, on stage? Where is that level that you can't go below that bar distraction before that you people start noticing, right? They start going, that guitar player was playing weird chords or uh, that singer was super pitchy or, you know, that person looked like they were just like all over the place. It was kept drawing my focus, kept distracting me. So we kind of set that bar distraction and we want to be above that bar, right? We want to be in a level where somebody can go and they can experience maybe Jesus for the first time. They can have a good worship service and we're not doing anything to make them go. Well, that, that, that drew me away from um, what I came for, you know? Yeah. And so we always, there are skills that we say, this is the level that we feel like, man, this guy's, and it's not all the time. So if somebody comes and he's really good guitar player and he goes, I, or she, and they go, I just want to serve the local church. I won't necessarily pay them just to pay everybody right. if they're willingly going, hey, I just this really is just I want to serve the church. And then there's other times where we do have to motivate them a little bit. Say, hey, here's what it is. Here's what it pays. Because I know that's what these guys are, you know, getting paid for their living, playing music locally. That's how they that is their job, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we've we've had situations, like I said earlier, like we just don't have anyone to fill the spot and we have to pay someone to get to fill the spot. And sure. we've done that too. So, But do you find you don't have anyone to fill the spot because a potential volunteer is scared away by the talent? Like they're just not good enough to meet the high standard of, of what you're looking for in the quality of music and singing? Yeah, that does happen. I mean, our campus that we're at, it's our broadcast campus. We had a couple of people come up that just say, hey, I, you know, I don't know if I ever be able to play. I mean, I watch all y'all don't look like y'all need anything. You know, y'all don't look like you have much of a need for me. And I don't know if I'm even good enough to play. And so we have conversations with them and we have a process. We'll get them involved, connect with them. And we yeah. do some development on Thursday nights. So if that's something we always want to keep having people growing and developing sure. for whenever that opportunity comes that they'll be ready. Um, because even if you pay people, they're still going to go on vacation. They're still going to get sick. They're still going to transition. They're going to go to a different church. They're going to have a week where they might be so consistent every single week, but the week they can't be there, you got to have somebody ready to jump in. You know? Right. Sure enough. And I guess you would have to have a, a certain level of consistency from week to week. If you're going to have people on vacation, uh, people away because they've got other gigs that they have made commitments to, you can't have the mm -hmm. level, uh, the quality level drop down, you know, one week because of that happening. Correct. So we're trying to always have people ready to go. In an ideal world, there's so many people that are wanting opportunities to play and be a part that you're just on a steady rotation and and nobody's getting burnt out and everybody knows the system and and that you just keep it rolling. But that rarely happens, you know. Are auditions a part of the uh, recruiting process for you guys at your church? So we have a kind of a if you're if you're looking to get involved at the church in general, then you go through our like track where you learn about the church. You learn kind of what your giftings are, sure. um, you know, that kind of thing. That's the first step for anybody. Even musicians, you go through that process. And then at the end of that, yeah. if somebody goes, I'm interested in production or I'm interested in worship, well, then we'll say, all right, well, here's a song. We'd love to hear you sing it. We'd love to hear you 
you know, play it if you play it. And then we, we listen to it and watch it before we even have the conversation of let's get together and have you do it live. Cause I want to know that someone can actually physically play. <laughs> Some people go, sure, like, I sure. can play and you know, and then they get up and it's just a nightmare and I wouldn't do that to them or us, you know? Right. Um, and so that's kind of our first step. And then once we usually hear them, we go, all right, they're ready for at least the development piece of it. And they'll get to run through church or, or we'll do shadows where a singer that's coming up, she can watch the other singer on Sunday, get her in-ear mix together, do the whole process, be ready to go so that she gets to experience it without the pressure of having to perform it right away. Is there a waiting period as well? As far as when we let somebody on stage? Yeah. Um, if they go through that track for four weeks or whatever, when we usually go, there's also circumstances. We're not so rigid where we're we just go, you have to wait this period in order to do it. So if there's, <laughs> yeah. if there's a relationship, you know, or somebody that's connected to somebody that comes through and we know they're ready to go, we, we have their backstory. I mean, we'll put them up there and then they'll go through the process kind of while they're up there. Can we, um, can we just shift gears for a minute? And, and this is just one of my pet peeves. So you mentioned that you have a, a development evening on a Thursday. Yep. Is that development time you know, preparing for the Sunday service, or is that something completely different? So that is usually going through the set that we are playing on certain months, you know, that we have scheduled for the month, but it's not for that particular band to then play that weekend. It's more for them to have a non-pressured setting to be able to learn the flow with somebody giving them coaching in real time without having to get up there and do it in front of people. So do you have a separate time that you go over the Sunday set list? So our rehearsals are for most of our campuses are the morning of the church of the service. So we have wow. a Saturday night or on the afternoons. So like we have a Saturday night over here. And so we actually, we, we I think everybody have Saturday nights. You, you're saying you have a Saturday night service. Saturday night <laughs> service. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that was a bad. Yeah, that was a bad I didn't one. Know Toronto didn't have them. You know. Yeah, we just don't have uh, Saturday nights. We just skip yeah, from Saturday skip afternoon home. right to Sunday morning. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so we'll do like a. I don't know if y'all use Planning Center, but in, yes. in my opinion, it's like you can lay out every song, every chart, every reference. Every, you know, note that you could ever want anybody to actually I mean, go through and they can see it and they can practice as much as they want to leading up to that rehearsal. But we like to consider the time we get together on the service days as rehearsal and not practice. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the difference is we're running through it and we'll stop it and go, hey, you did this here. Or what if we did this here? But yeah. we're not completely learning the songs for the first time. So our goal is for them to practice leading up to that. And then we rehearse yeah. when we get together as a team. That makes sense. In their own time. Yeah. I hear yeah. You. We, we do uh, the same thing. We'll have a run through on Sunday mornings before our first service and Thursday nights, we usually rehearse and um, kind of go through our set list that night. Yeah. But Sunday morning, we should really just be ready to hit the ground running and just go through the service, the order. And, you know, that'll be a time to kind of iron out any last minute details or changes that have to be made. See, yeah. see, my my issue, and this is this was when I was alluding to with my pet peeve, is that Sunday morning very often in many churches is not a run through; it's a mm -hmm. complete rehearsal. 
where yeah. you're stopping mm-hmm. the music and you're, oh, let's try this and let's try this. And you end up, <laughs> you end up being there for, you basically end up having a complete worship service and, and a priest, a, a pre-worship service. Pre-worship, yeah. 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 And going sure. through it and like, you know, you have a song that you're doing and you've already decided what you're going to do for the song, but you're singing yeah. it five times. Well, what's the purpose of singing it five times? If it's just a quick <laughs> run through, just do it the one yeah. time, move on. And yes. that's, yeah. that's my pet peeve. And that's from a sound engineer standpoint uh-huh. where I just want to do a sound check and I want to get everybody sounding great. After that, right. you guys want to, play around for the next 45 minutes like you know (laughs) wreck your voices you know um you know tire yourself out or just kind of relax and fellowship you know Uh in the green room or wherever you guys do that there's no need to have a complete rehearsal on a sunday morning Mm -hmm. yeah i think that has more to do with creatives you know like they sometimes people just like to play and they like to like hear themselves sing and and they like to keep it going so much like we've had guys (laughs) that they're going hey what if we try this and i'm just like no we're not trying it like it's too late (laughs) you know like you could try it and then you could bring it back up again you know in in advance next time we do it and so we've just some people they just like to do that process of not having it planned out in order to say this is being more creative but it hurts our teams and and even from a sound engineer that's up there going i just want to i want to do the checklist i need to make sure the sound sounds good for the weekend it really does pull away from their ability to do that because everybody's messing around you know well and if you think about a church service in general it's more than just the worship time there's lots of other things typically happening in a service so for a sound guy uh, you're going to rehearse now for 45 minutes, and now I've got 15 <laughs> minutes to slap everything else together real quick, including oh you know a, a soloist who needs to sing, and now everybody's coming into the room uh, right. and sitting down and taking their places and stuff and chit-chatting and stuff, and I'm trying now to do a sound check on a soloist with all this extra noise around me. And so typically yeah. what I've done in the past is I'm just cranking it because I got to be able to hear over everybody talking and socializing <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And yeah. that drives them nuts. Like, why is it so loud? Because I'm still trying to do my job here because these other yeah. guys, and sometimes it's the worship leader at fault where they've just, they're entering in this time of worship, which is great, but yeah, that's not the worship service. It's just a sound right, check right. and a quick run through. You know? yep. right. And that's sure. my pet peeve. Can I say? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because the reality is, too, is they'll come, you know, they'll come to you and complain about the sound, too. So that's the other part that's like after the service, like, man, it just didn't sound good. And I was like, well, you didn't let me yeah. give you a good sound check because you were talking and playing the whole time, you know, and there's right. the, the way we're set up. I'm over like production, worship, mm-hmm. media, all that. So it's like there's no us and them. It's we're all on the same page. And so sure I'm enough. trying to always do my part. To, if there is a specific worship leader that's, you know, now pulling from the production side of it that we just I walk over there and say, hey, dude, like that's good. You can go unplug and play, you know, work it out on the side. They need to do this right. sound check or whatever. And it helps because we're all on the same team, you know. Mm-hmm. So what does a sound check look like for you? So. We have been in a season of upgrades and constantly pulling new, you know, old gear out and bringing new gear in. And so this last season has been very hectic and it's happening at the majority of our campuses. It's just whatever there's the transitions that have happened. It's we're bringing in new LED walls or we're bringing in, you know, new uh, PAs or whatever. And so we're like we're learning it during the week, still learning the new gear. And then something Mm -hmm. seems to always go wrong on the weekend just because it's still so new. So we're using a new in-air system. And so there's things that are wrong. So the sound check on an ideal day, it would be, hey, let's go through all the 
you know, let me hear the kick. Let me hear the snare. Let me hear the toms. Oh, All right, bass. I'm like, so glad you're saying that because <laughs> yeah, because for a lot of churches, a sound check is, okay, everybody just play, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's not play, a sound yeah. check. A yeah. sound check yeah. is like, I want to hear the kick and I want to make sure it's EQ'd properly and I want to hear the right. snare and I want to, you know, you might have six or seven channels just for the drums. And so let's get each channel, like each mic or pickup or whatever, EQ'd properly and now I want to hear it all together the drums right. and so what I'll like I'll spend 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes just on the drums like I just want to hear it all just go nuts on the drums play all the cymbals and all the, <laughs> the snare and the toms and stuff I'll do my EQ and I'm gonna, I'm gonna crank it because that's how I can get a good sound on it and then I will level it all, all off and, and make it sound good together with all the channels and then all the other instruments you might have electric guitar acoustic guitar bass guitar keys whatever yep. else and I want to get the right EQ for each one of those channels, and I want to get the balance in the mix, including the singers and everything else. And then what I typically do, and I'm not sure if this is rocket science or if this is the way things <laughs> should be done, but I will start with the worship leader, the lead singer, as it were. Right. I will EQ their voice and get their levels correct in the monitor and everything else. And then when I start on the backup singers, I will EQ their voice based on the lead singer's voice, not individually because i want everything to balance mm -hmm. out yeah right so I'm, I'm not going to eq yep. this backup singer's voice based on how they sound the greatest right, i want to make right. sure their eq is they sound the greatest with they're supporting the, yeah with right. the worship the leader and yeah. so you know you might have somebody with just a lower voice and you got to make it work with the lead singer or vice versa right and so that's kind of mm -hmm. always been my philosophy and it drives me nuts when you see a sound guy it's like oh yeah just everybody <laughs> play something and we'll make it work you know like how yeah, can you do yeah, that sure you know yeah or you know we'll have guys say man nothing's changed like nothing's changed now all the settings are the same and part of it i want to be well the settings should change like something should change if you're saying nothing mm -hmm. changed because there's different singers up there there's a different drummer up there you, you know there's right we have multiple sound engineers so every time somebody a new element gets added then you got to make changes. It's, it's just, it's, sure con it's, you know, it's not constant. And so we've had to do that. And I love that, that you bring the whole big picture together and your EQ and not based on just one thing. Cause I think that happens too. You just hear that one guitar and you go, that sounds good. Well, then when he starts playing, you, you can't <laughs> figure out why it's, you know, bad with the band. Right. Right. And it's because you, you haven't thought about that with the big picture of everything. And then the other thing from, and I don't know why we're starting to talk about sound checks. Maybe it's just my <laughs> selfishness here. But, <laughs> but but I will say this as well, that um, I like to, once I've done all of that, I don't mind them doing, and I'll use the term run through, Aisha, because that's the term you, mm -hmm. you suggested, because that's probably yes. the correct terminology versus a rehearsal or a practice. Right, right. But I'd like to hear the run through specifically on any, you know, weird stuff that they might be doing. You know, if there's going to be a section where uh, the keys are going to be playing a certain, you know, different style differently for this one chorus or this one verse or whatever else. I want to know that so that I can, as a sound guy, make it sound good. Maybe bring up the volume mm -hmm. during the worship service. Uh, the EQ, if I've done it right, I really don't have to touch that during the service. It's yeah. just the levels that I need to, you know, adjust. And same with the singers. You know, if there's two singers that are singing amazing harmonies and there's one that's not, they're just singing lead. <laughs> well, they don't really need to be as loud 
uh, right. in, yeah. in fairness. Just bring them down in the mix. Just bring mm-hmm. them down in the mix. And can I say I've been in situations, again, dealing with volunteers, <laughs> where they may not have the ability to sing as well as you would think, but yeah. maybe they're more for appearance standpoint. And so mm-hmm. maybe they don't need to be in the mains or the house mix at all. Maybe they're just in the monitor so everybody else can hear how bad they are. Oh, did yeah. I say that out loud? <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, that is something that's like you, you're still worshiping even if you're not singing and even if you're not heard. And, you know, that is a thing. And it's like it's something that sounds like an excuse sometimes that we go, hey, you know, she's got an amazing heart. And that's like a nice way to say she has no talent. You right. Know, you, you <laughs> the secret's out. No, uh, they know. Listen, right. She's tone right. deaf, but she has an amazing heart. But there is a part that if your heart and your passion's into it, and we, yeah, we tuck you in the mix a little bit, but you're up there and you're just like bringing such a good energy and you're showing people how, what worship even looks like, then right. I'm okay with that, you know? Right. We have an older gentleman. He's awesome. He's on our team. But he said, I don't even think I'd fit in up there. Like, I know y'all are younger, but he's like, I just have a real passion to serve. He's like, I'm okay. I'm a, you know, I'm more of like a gang vocal type singer. Like, just very mm-hmm. honest, like where he was. And so we have a congregational worship team where like there's strategic people that they come, they go through rehearsal. They're part of the, the team. They're doing all the small group stuff with us, whatever that looks like. And then on the weekends. Yeah. They're just like in the crowd, hands lifted, worshiping and kind of leading people to do that. And I thought that was a cool thing. I I had nothing to do with that, but that was already in play when I got here. And I was like, that's neat, man, that this means we have like three of them that'll come every week and they'll worship in the congregation. That's nice. I, I haven't heard of that before. Do you, have you heard of that, Aisha? I have heard of that. And, um, as a matter of fact, some other staff persons mentioned that for a worship night that we had just recently and um, they were like maybe on our side stages we get some folks to come up and just worship mm-hmm. they don't have yeah. to be miked they you know they're just there to worship and model what worship looks like and that's I think I'm it's great totally fine with it I think it's great too uh, Jake have you done anything with choirs so the most choir stuff I well I grew up singing in the choir my parents like made me go you know to children's <laughs> choir when I was younger and that was kind of then in high school I was in the choir because it was an easy class and I, <laughs> I, played, I played football and I was like I'm gonna sing in the choir because it's a group project it's a group project so you all get graded the same right yeah Yeah. it was so easy i mean it was it was amazing so that was kind of i never thought at that point that i would you know do music for a living but that was i could see that they kind of helped set that foundation for me as a young kid making me go to choir so whenever we got to i never had the desire to like be on staff at a church that wasn't something that i um when i started playing music was looking forward to or like going this is my goal that i want to be and so i wasn't trained in choir arrangements or leading large churches because that wasn't even on my my radar and so when i started you know opportunities came and rather from relational and they're like hey come check out our church I have been fortunate to not have to deal a whole, whole lot with choirs, but we'll do like mm-hmm. gang choirs, you know, where everybody's singing on stage, singing, but I'm not having to break down their parts or anything like that. Oh, okay, okay. Right, that's nice. So we have people who will do that. You know, we have a, a lady who's awesome with all the different vocal parts and she'll kind of stack them together. Even in our recording process, we put a record out last month or two months ago, maybe. Oh, wow. And we've got another one coming out. Um, in October. And so we're starting to have singles come out July 15th. And it's called Ageless One. 
and it's got like a gang choir, like with little parts. It kind of it reminds me of like Sister Act, the, the, the oh, movie. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's got That's some cool too. little. It's got some cool parts on it that if you ever got it, you, you know, when it comes out, you guys check it out. I love y'all's thoughts on it. But we yeah, do stuff like that to. in the studio, too. Yeah. Cool. Dealing with a choir, of course, that's a whole bunch of people that you have to manage, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I used to attend a church that was big on choir. And uh, part of the reason for it was, number one, that the, the lead pastor loved choirs. Um, yeah. so that played a big part. Mm. Um, but the other thing that, that I discovered and I, and I always wondered why he did that whenever we had a large production, like a musical or like a Christmas cantata or Easter time, um, yes. he would always involve the choir. And I always wondered why. And then I discovered the reason why he wanted the choir in the production is because, um, as soon as you involve them in the production and you have your performance nights, they're going to invite all their family members and friends to yeah. attend, and so <laughs> it's a good move. yeah. So it was a, it was a it was to get the crowd out, right? Because who right. who wouldn't want to see you know little Johnny in the choir or whatever right. else, right? So it, sometimes it was the kids' choir, sometimes it was the adult choir, sometimes it was both. Not at the same mm-hmm. time, but at different parts of the play or musical or whatever. And of course, all these people are going to be coming out to see their family and friends in the choir. And so that was another good reason to have it. But a lot of work, obviously. Oh, it is. Sure. It is a ton of work. We've done stuff for Easter with the children's choir. And it's like part of the children's choir that's cute is you never know what they're going to do. So when, you know, one kid's picking his nose and the other kid's dancing, <laughs> that's all part of the thing. Kind of yeah. it adds to the, the to the element. You know, we had. They're telling me a story about they used to have a choir. And I think COVID was the great excuse to, you know, cancel the choir um, mm. for our church. And so we had a lot of older people. We do have a, a good demographic of people here, but there are a lot of older people who will come, uh, snowbirds who will come down and kind of semi-retired. And that was their involvement in the worship team was the choir. And so they're still talking about it and they still come back and they're hey, we're going to do a choir. So we're going we're gonna to think of ways to be intentional about bringing a choir back for certain events. Nice, nice. So if you're going to do the choir and it's not for a worship service, but maybe it's a worship night and they're going to, you know, do one or two songs or whatever, um, from a sound guy's perspective, I don't know if, I I don't know if this is the correct terminology anymore, but it it used to be the terminology. And again, this is a, this is a secret that nobody should know. (laughs) Split tracks. Oh yeah. Uh, in other split words, tracks. split tracks, music on one side and the original choir singing on the other track. And so in essence, what a sound guy would do is enhance the choir with the original oh, yeah. choir and mm-hmm. make it more full and everything else yes. between that and your effects units <laughs> and stuff like that. It can just fill the whole place and make it sound amazing. Oh, sure. But you have sure. to be careful. You have not too much of the main, like the original choir, because you don't want it to sound artificial either. It needs to Absolutely. sound as realistic as possible, but you have enough fill in there that at the end of the service, people are saying, wow, the choir was amazing. Yes, <laughs> oh, it sure. was. You're oh. welcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we do that. We do that all the time. I mean, multi-tracks, like, just it's changed. Yeah, yeah. It's changed the game, you know, for everybody. It's like that that piano player is not very good. Well, that's fine. We'll have the track and we'll just get her to smile. That's and, it. You know, just don't make like it. She's playing. Don't make it too obvious. Don't make it. Don't we tell? Don't put the camera right on her hands because she's not anywhere near. <laughs> yeah. We haven't gotten that. Book. Speaking of camera, um, do you have someone else doing the audio mix for? The video side of things? So we are constantly trying to figure out what is our next move for 
that side of it. So we have a Destiny TV and then we have our broadcast like we stream. And so everything mm. right now is going through the mix. The, the in-house guy is mixing both. And wow. we have a we have a awesome studio. We built a studio. It used to be, a, I'm sitting in it right now. It used to be a, a Taco Bell Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> a combo building. And we bought it and turned it into our studio. So every now and then you can still awesome. smell fried chicken in the studio. But um, <laughs> so we have it, we have it all set up with a, a board, everything ready to go. We just, mm-hmm. we haven't pulled the trigger or doing a separate mix for a broadcast because Got it's going to take another skilled person. You yeah. better know it. Yeah. yeah, that better know what to do. And so that's been our only limitation as far as mixing for, you know, camera and broadcast. And this studio, is it a separate building altogether or somewhere? It is, yep. Okay, that's, that's what you need. You can't have the yeah. mm-hmm. guy doing the video audio in the same room as where all this is happening right. because he's not going to get a good feel of what it really yeah. sounds like. So we're, yeah, it's across the parking lot and it's a nice setup and it's our connection between our campuses is are, is pretty you know, there's no lag or anything. I mean, it is it is instant. I mean, you could it's it, great. You could be an hour away, and it feels just like you're you know right there right in the there. same room. That's so cool. we can actually all we never have done this before, but we can all be on the same track with the same music director, and he could lead all five campuses. Wow! At the same time, and we could switch between video at different campuses to show the other locations and there would be no lag or anything like that. Wow. We just haven't done so it. So you guys have a separate worship leaders at different campuses or you have one worship leader at the main campus and stream at your other campuses? So there's live communicators and live okay. worship leaders and bands at every campus. That's great. That's so yep. good. But, the, so same, but the same it- set list? Like everybody, it is live so, still? So we'll take a same set list. We'll allow, um, like we'll let the worship leader have, we call them worship moments, uh-huh. where in between some of the songs, they can kind of take that moment in the direction that they want to go in. Um, okay. And they could plan something in advance or whatever, and they can kind of you know try out a new melody or try out a new song or whatever in those moments. But for the okay. most part, all the campuses are, it's the same set. Now, it might be switched sometimes between a guy lead and a girl lead or a different key or whatever, right, right. but we try to sync up. And then we have what's called regional weekends over here where on a regional weekend, that'll be the a video communication, like a stream okay. to all the campuses. But it'll still be mm-hmm. live worship. That's awesome. What I think yeah. um, one of our biggest challenges, because I lead worship at a church also, and one of our big challenges has been our live stream mix. And we're just now coming to a place of the stream mix being acceptable, (laughs) you know, because I would honestly, I'd I'd watch back and I'd cringe. I'm like, golly, it sounds so good in the sanctuary. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what it sounded like when we were doing it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you listen online, you're like, oh. I want to share this. (laughs) Yeah, we had, so at the church plant that I was at, we just had this conversation that we were like, look, it's not helping us to have the worship streamed. Right. Like, and nobody's going, ooh, like most people who are watching your church online, they're going to watch it for the message 
who are when they're going to stream it if they're trying to mm-hmm. stay up to date with a series because you're going to want to experience that worship live right. or you could go listen to your favorite worship bands on their <laughs> service and it sounds way better you know if that's from a musical <laughs> right. standpoint so we just said sure. at, until we could do it right we yes. like just started streaming the message you know and I then that grew to us having a they have all these templates now from a production standpoint that you could put on mm-hmm. your board to help with the broadcast side Yes. And that's been a, that was a game changer for us that you can add more. A lot of times with the streams, the problem is, is that you're getting everything so direct yes. that you're, you don't have the room. You don't have any kind of like a lot of verb. You need a ton of verb for when you're streaming so that it still yes. sounds roomy and airy. And so you're hearing every bad note, every yep. pitchy, you know, <laughs> situation happening. And it sounds terrible because right. you listen to it on your computer. And so we just, we've <laughs> gone away from that the most we can. But over here, we've gotten it sounding pretty decent. We also, mm-hmm. we, we use live auto-tune for our stream. And that okay. has helped tremendously it's not enough to where you know it sounds like t-pain but it's like it's just subtle but it's enough to make everybody feel confident about what's being broadcasted out right that's great these are these are problems that nobody really had to consider two and a half years ago because most churches weren't really streaming and if they were it was just the message that was right put out as a podcast perhaps but other than that like churches didn't have to worry about stuff like that because the expectation is you were just showing up to church and it was if you were in a nursing home or if you were off sick then at least you could catch the message that that's that's the step up from you know buying the cassette the next week or the cd or whatever right Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and it has. The game has changed. I mean, COVID, everybody ramped up really quickly to, to try to not have a drop off between what they could experience in house and what they would experience on their computers or home, you know, TVs at home. So we started doing, <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh all during COVID and it was completely locked down. And so we started getting creative with what we put out for our live stream. And, and it, you know, it was not really live, but it went live like a live stream. Mm-hmm. So we did one of our services. We filmed the whole service on the roof of our church, which was in downtown Pittsburgh. So you saw the whole city behind us. Wow. Um, we, we started changing the setting and we would edit the worship music. And I mean, it, it came out really, really good. And then he'd still have a message because we were just like, we're not going to pretend like we're preaching to nobody in here because there's nobody in here. And right. so we started trying to get step the creativity up and doing different settings around town to at least give some some people something intriguing to, to watch while they're at home on lockdown. You know? mm-hmm. The video side has caused a lot of extra work, though. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Yes. Especially if, like you say, you're you're pre-recording this thing, you're launching it live. Right. But, but the pre-record now you've got all the editing involved yep. and and yep. all that stuff and perhaps multiple cameras that you got to sync yep. together and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, because if you do it right, you have to have multiple cameras, right? You yeah. have to be able to, you, you need to still feel the energy. So you're switching, you're, you got switching angles and all that. And then the audio, I would take the audio every week and then I'd go into Pro Tools and I'd mix it and I'd master it and edit it as much as I can. I'd bring certain things up and to try to sound it the best that I can make it sound. But that everything, that was an extra step. So we try to do, we st- try to start getting to where we'd have four weeks done in a week. And then we would mm-hmm. just play them, you know? And that was just such a crazy time that I never thought I'd have to experience, you know? It's been a learning curve for every yes. one of us, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the, uh, 
the camera side of things. Forget the audio now, just the cameras balancing together, right? Like you yep, get two is. different kinds of cameras or somebody using an iPhone or something temporarily and just looks wrong. As soon as you switch to that camera, it just doesn't look like it's the same shot. The focus is different. The lighting is different. Right. All that stuff, right? Yeah. And those are all the things that we had to kind of hurdle, you know, little hurdles over, over the time where, you know, sometimes we'd have audio stuff too. Like I would mix it and think that it was a pretty good mix in my studio. And then I'd go, let's put it on and put it out there and then you listen back and it was terrible and i'm like oh whoops sorry guys i had an off day you know but we did stuff like that all the time and that was just what church was like at that for us when we we're in pittsburgh sure. and it you know now the church is coming back but over here in florida like in destin they didn't have i mean they barely had any kind of drop off during covid and so people we aren't as much going hey stay at home if you want to and watch online right. we're just talking like, hey, come back to church, you know, like mm-hmm. we'd love mm-hmm. to see you. And people are, they're, they're coming back in droves over here. And um, it's been cool to see. Yeah. Have You've you... had to move to two services. I'm sorry. That's, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you found, Jake, that because of COVID, uh, I think the, uh, the quality probably churches have had to step up their game, but also the technical side. A lot of churches don't have the technical expertise. They don't. You know, right. whether it's just a an audio engineer or their guy that's going to be handling all the video side, like they just don't have that technical expertise, let alone getting onto social media. Yeah. Did you oh. find any challenges there? So when, you know, at the church, the Pittsburgh church, we got I mean, super fortunate to have this girl, her name is Michaela, who was working at one of the largest broadcast companies. They built the trucks for like all the sporting events, like mm-hmm. ESPN, um, any any major sporting events, like the production trucks. She worked on it and built them. And like, wow. man, I, like now that's what she does. She goes to all these events full time and does production. And it was just <laughs> grace of God that, you know, we're in a church of what well, at the time it was like 150 people, 200. And we have, you know, very capable people at a church plant yeah. that are doing just way beyond our our size and sure um, sure and so for us like us that we didn't have an issue we actually were like this is great you know and <laughs> we were very fortunate and we weren't like everybody else because my mom and dad's local church they had like a iPhone somebody just stream on Facebook and hold it from the front row and that <laughs> yeah, was right. that was their stream you know right right and we heard a lot of churches struggled and I think. You know, some of them haven't bounced back from that. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of them have. But like we, we looked into different technology. We just were researching what can we do to stream on all of our platforms? What can we do to make sure we're maximizing our time instead of just sitting around waiting for things to open up again? And so we really use that as an opportunity to dive into new technologies and uh, things that I had never experienced before. But we just figured it out. You know, it was a, it was a great time to just experiment and try things out because even if it failed you had a great excuse you know even if it (laughs) just was not good you're like man yeah COVID man COVID you know COVID shutting everything down and nobody's going well I got you know pull it together like everybody understood yes and so it was a great opportunity to try out new stuff We Mm -hmm. we started by talking about paying versus volunteers uh, did you find or have you found that part of the paid personnel are some of those technical guys that had to experiment and had to come up with solutions for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as um, the crazy part about churches right now, and it's like we have to understand this, is that some of these churches, the level of equipment that's in the building, it's such at a high level that 
you can't expect some random guy to learn that. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. It's just, I think sometimes we, we use an old framework of volunteers and we go, yeah, just raise them up, like develop them. Like, this is a complex system of mm-hmm. networks and gear. And I, I'm not going to be able to one teach this guy because there's in the handful of, you know, there's probably a handful of people in the world that are really, really just like great at it. Right. And so we have to put money where, you know, there's a need. And those production guys, they came in super handy and they still do for all the troubleshooting stuff that we have to do. But we don't have any at this campus. There are no volunteers that are running the board, but other campuses with a different scale. They do have volunteers, but they have a simpler equipment, too. I know of one church that uh, pre-COVID was looking at getting a digital board versus analog uh, mixer. And uh, I was asked my advice on it. And the question really was, is who's going to operate it? Because if you don't know, if you don't have somebody that's got the technical expertise in audio anyways, like they need to know what all these buttons are for. Sure enough. And if they don't know it on the analog board, they're not going to know it on the digital board at all. Right. You need to. 100%. And so I, I was suggesting against it because I knew what their people you know, their expertise level was in that. And it right. made no sense for them to move to a digital board. In fact, I've always said, you know, for the average church, pre-COVID, the average church, uh, unless they're going to hire the sound guy, you know, full-time or whatever, it, yes. you, it, it's one thing to know about computers, right? For a digital yep. board, but you need to, <laughs> that's that's the easy part. Keep it simple. You need yeah. to know, yeah. you need to know that the uh, technical side of things and how do you switch to, you know, play around the eq and and do you know what that actually means do you actually can you actually see looking at what appears on your screen there what it's doing and and how you're affecting the audio right yeah and there's all kind of plugins i mean there's just there's so many new elements that i think i went to a conference one time that was basically just showing all these churches that came to sign up for this conference it was showing them all the best gear and i'm sure people were (laughs) just like we got to get it you know like we this is our fix. And they probably spend a ton of money. And then they get home and they realize Crazy. nobody knows how to use it. Right. But that's, right. that is the biggest problem, I think, that plagues the growth of the church as far as pushing technology is the skills aren't growing with the technology. Especially the smaller churches where they've you know maybe got a couple of pastors on staff and they are pastors. They've gone through schooling and education to be a pastor right. and ministry and whatnot. They just don't have the expertise on the technical side. Right. You know, I know of one pastor that's not on social media at all. And so yep. mm-hmm. how do you expect them to buy into all this technical stuff? Yeah, for right. sure. For sure. I mean, back in the day, I can remember when I was growing up, it was like the sound man would, you know, they had a couple of microphone ports in the stage. And the extent of what he would have to do is like, make sure that XLR was plugged into the floor <laughs> and made sure the mic had sound, you know, that sound came out of it. And that's it. Like, yeah. That's what he yeah. did. And the, yeah. the piano player, I mean, maybe you'd add a mic to the piano, maybe. But for the most part, right. like that's the Baptist church I grew up in. And I think it's mm-hmm. just, you know, the youth band, you had the young guy figuring out the board and different stuff like right. that. But now it's just, it's going to such an extreme that, you know, you have to kind of lead the way and lead the charge. Or like what you said, there might be a time where you go, Hey, within our scope and with our church and who we are, we don't need to do all this. Let's just do real simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's have, you know, let's, let's, what's, whatever we know we can work and use right. properly, that's where we need to go. Yep. 
do well. Yeah. Jake, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. This has been, uh, you know, it's timely from the sense of what churches are doing today versus what they were doing a couple of years ago. But it's also timely uh, for churches like the smaller churches that maybe have gotten into it too deep where they just can't handle it. Yeah. Um, You know, I think for a lot of churches over the last couple of years, just getting online onto the socials has been what they needed to do. And then, like you say, sitting in the front row with an iPhone so they could stream a live service just to get them yep. out of the woods and then, <laughs> yep. you know, get people back into the church again. It's, Folks are it's, still doing that. They're yeah, still doing yeah, it. And yeah. all I would say is if somebody's attracted to your church just because of the quality of the skill and whatever you're producing, then I don't, you know, that I don't think that's the key, you know, motivator for, for what you would even want in general. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think... If I I could go on YouTube right now and listen to phenomenal preachers and phenomenal produced music whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have that right now. So there's got to be something more connecting me to the church. And I think people are, they're surprisingly okay if you just streamed it from your phone. And Mm -hmm. because they're connected to the people at the church and what that yep. church meant to them, then I think, I think we overthink it sometimes with the tech side. Yeah. And, and you saying that it's interesting because uh, then the focus, as far as your church is concerned, are you going to spend all this money on technical equipment and gear and training and everything else? Do you actually need to spend all of that money for a 20 minute part of a longer service on a Sunday morning, right? right? right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the other part. Like, you know, it's it's budgets. Churches have yep. budgets. And are you going to spend sure that huge percentage of money on all this technical gear that, number one, you might not know how to use, and number two, you really don't need might because in need. the big yep. scope of things, it's really not that important, you know? Right. Yeah. Number three, the technology keeps growing so fast yeah. that whatever you buy is going to be outdated. That's right. Very quickly. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you got to so, keep up. Like if you you're going to be, up. if you're going to be doing that and going down that road, it's not just spend the money once. It's you know you continue to spend. You got to have that budget. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when I was in charge of audio in a church years back, I was kind of their technical director, just a volunteer. I never got paid doing the job. Um, and uh, <laughs> there was a time when uh, we were talking. The church was talking about relocating. We needed a bigger facility. It was just not big enough where we were. We couldn't even renovate because uh, we couldn't get building permits because the parking lot was too small. We had to fix a parking problem before we could renovate the building itself. Mm. And that was like, that was impossible. There was no way you could make the parking lot any bigger. Right. So, so we were forced to relocate. And so me being in charge of the sound, um, I elected not to spend any money for a couple of years on audio gear. I -hmm. I went to the board and I said, the the reason why I'm doing that is because number one, there's nothing wrong with our equipment. It's working fine right now, but understand in two years from now or three years from now, whenever we do move, we're going to be spending a ton of money. So I know budgets are typically done annually, but keep in mind that in two, three years from now, we're going to be spending a whole ton of money on gear just for the new building because some of the stuff we Mm -hmm. just can't take with us. Some of it's going to be outdated by then anyways. Sure. You got to be prepared for these budgets. And it's the same thing over the last couple of years with budgets. Who would have thought that church (laughs) budgets would have shifted that, you know, that much to buy Mm -hmm. technical gear to accommodate people watching from home? This crazy. is off the subject, but who would have thought gas would be you know, $5? No, you're going there. You're going there. <laughs> oh, God. No. Good night. You're talking about budgets. I'm like, eh, I know. I drive, a, I drive a big truck, too. My truck's diesel. Ooh. So imagine, imagine that, you know. 
you know, it's, it's true, Aisha. I, uh, my brother's church, he's a pastor about, um, probably about an hour away, maybe 45 minutes away. And this past weekend, they celebrated their 20th anniversary and there was going to be this big party. They weren't going to actually have a formal service. They were just going to have a big party with food and everything else. And I would have gone. And my wife and I decided not to go because the price of gas. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I just gracious. couldn't see myself paying that amount of money just, just to attend for an hour. It's going right. to take me longer to get there and back, especially <laughs> coming back because of all the people. Uh, we have what's called cottage country in Ontario. So okay. people will go away for the weekend to their cabins or whatever. And then mm-hmm. my brother's church is in that direction. So coming okay. back, the traffic is just a nightmare coming back. So it's, wow. you know, literally going to his celebration for an hour. It's going to take me 45 minutes to get there, probably an hour to an hour and a half to get home. And the price <laughs> of gas and time and everything else is like, yeah, you know what? I think we're <laughs> going to skip it. Hope you have a yeah, great yeah. 20th anniversary, you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's another built-in excuse. I love those legit excuses, you know? <laughs> built-in excuse. Oh, yeah, COVID. I'm still saying COVID. I mean, I'm still COVID, man. I'm not going to be able to make it COVID. That's right. Like, it's, yeah. You can't, you can't keep using this excuse. So, so that, <laughs> no, but COVID's done. It's the price of gas now. That's, that's, that's a, Yeah, it's like now it's gas. It's yeah. gas. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. I can't. Well, I'm not even asking you to drive. Yeah, but it, it's fine. It's gas, man. <laughs> I'm thinking about you. You know, you're you're spending a lot of gas money on that event. I know. Yeah. There you go. Thank you for bringing that up. I was thinking we were entering this, you know, realm of topic that could go on forever but no that was good put things into perspective yeah well listen jake thank you so much for hanging with us a great conversation didn't know where this conversation was going to lead us uh it's nice to always bounce around some ideas give some opinions offer some advice uh we like to equip artists and worship leaders in bite-sized chunks and be a resource to them and and all of that over a cup of coffee. So we enjoyed that conversation and, uh, yeah. and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. Awesome, man. Great, yeah. great chat with you both for sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks Jake. Have a great one. Great. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I kind of get overexcited sometimes when it's a topic that I can actually contribute to. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is I'm, I'm not a professional singer. I'm not a CCM artist like yourself. Uh, and I, you know, I used to lead worship, uh, but mm-hmm. when you start getting into that technical stuff, the it's technical yeah, stuff, right yeah, up my alley. Your... <laughs> and and then, yeah. of course, my pet peeves. And I'm just going to say it the way it is. You know, <laughs> I, loved I, it. I never got paid yeah. doing it. You know, I've taught mm-hmm. sound seminars. And, and sometimes I think to myself, these seminars that I taught were so basic. And uh, would they be relevant today? And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? They probably would be more so today because of the mm-hmm. the technical side of things uh, over the last couple of years where the expectation is higher, uh, the quality yes. is higher, uh, or sure, the expectation sure. for equality is higher. And also the equipment, as Jake alluded to, the fact that, you know, it's out of date after you've got yeah. it, right? There's, there's always, they're always stepping up the game. And with all of that being said, you still need the basic knowledge, whether you're yep. a singer, whether you play an instrument, you can have all this. You, you really you, do. You can be an <laughs> expert guitar player. And with all this gear and all these pedals and everything else, but if you can't play guitar, no. that you yeah. need to have that expertise that, you know, you right. have to practice, uh, hone your skill and everything else. And so mm-hmm. when I think about the sound side of things, you know, you could have all this great equipment, but if you don't know how to run it, 
Mm-mm. It's useless. It's no use, right? Yeah, yeah and so exactly that it. that conversation was right up my alley. Didn't mm-hmm. expect to go there. Like we started talking <laughs> about musicians volunteers and singers and volunteers paid. be paid and everything yeah. else, right? And I'm thinking, hey, I never got paid doing the sound. <laughs> Can I tell you? You're a little salty. Well, maybe. Can I tell you? <laughs> When I did sound in a previous church, I tabulated the hours that I spent in the service. And I'm sure you've heard people tell you this and you know this, but the sound guy is always the first guy there and the last guy to leave. He sure is. And I tabulated my hours between three services on a Sunday because we had two morning services and an evening service. It was an eight hour plus day that. That's a long day. It's a long day. Like that's like having a full time job. And I never Mm -hmm. got paid Mm -hmm. and I never complained, but it is a lot of work. And so you have to treat your people Mm -hmm. well. um, You sure do. And, you know, obviously have the relationship. And the other thing I'll say as well is. Uh, we didn't really talk about this with Jake, but the sound guy, actually, I think he mentioned it. The sound guy is part of the worship team. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, everybody that's on the worship team, including the musicians, the vocalists and everybody in media and production, that's under the same umbrella. Right. And when we do things like certain uh, holiday events. It's that whole team. Right. Everybody's a part of that team. Yeah. So And yeah. and back back to the sound guys, um, and this is just a general observation. Um, the best sound guys yeah. uh, have musical abilities. Yes. Because they they can hear. They know what the know? instruments they, are supposed to sound like. Right. They know what actual harmonies are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So they usually have the, the best sound people will have musical ability. Maybe they play instruments or whatever else. Right. I remember when I was a teenager applying for a job at a TV station. It was a Christian t- television station. And I never heard back. So I ended up getting a job elsewhere anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. But when they finally did get back to me, the uh-huh. first question they asked me was, what instruments do you play? Really? Yeah. Are you musically inclined? They wanted to Something. know what kind of musical yeah. ability I had because that's what they were looking mm-hmm. for. They weren't looking for a technical guy knowing how to how a computer works or how do these right. dials work. They wanted somebody right. who knew music to be mm-hmm. able to do audio for music. Right. Right. When we were talking about um, our stream and how it's been like a huge challenge for us here at the church over the last two years, particularly. Uh, I've just continued to stress the fact that we need somebody that can hear music. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not enough that you know the computers and, and from a technical aspect, you have this knowledge. But if you don't, <laughs> if you can't hear music, you're not going to know how to mix that stuff right. Right. You know, I think that's no. I think the musical ability is so much more outweighs the technical ability, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, and that's yeah. and that's not just the audio engineer. That's your uh, musicians and your singers, because mm-hmm. all of that's workable stuff, right? Right. Once you have that ability, the it rest sure of it, is. yeah, the rest of the stuff can be taught mm-hmm. and worked towards. So, yeah, it was yeah. a great conversation. Uh, I really yeah, enjoyed I that conversation with Jake, Jake Smith mm-hmm. from Destiny Worship Center in Florida. Yes. Man, that was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. If you want to find out more about Jake, check out the website at destinyworshipcenter.com. You can 
find out about his music and the church and everything they've got going on up there in the panhandle. In the panhandle of Florida. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Well, it is time for some artist advice, and we check back with Monique Therese. Speaking of the Caribbean and warmer temperatures, that's where she's at, and uh, let's hear what she has to say. Awesome. Pull up. I would definitely say trust the process. Um, Everyone has their own journey in life and their own musical journey. And I would say allow God to continue to develop your character because character is so important. Um, Not only is music and your voice and um, your sound important, but your character is also important um, in your ministry and in the music industry in general. And I would encourage them to uh, grow where you are planted, wherever you are, wherever God places you continue to remain faithful in that ministry um, that that you have right now and do the best with what you have now um, sometimes we want you know to, to, to do things ma- you know major projects but um, I would say yeah, you know use what you have now Monique Therese with artist advice this week there is a lot in what she said yes there is a lot a lot of good stuff though and uh... Just, I think one of the things that stood out to me was when she said, grow where you're planted. Mm -hmm. And I've heard, you know, bloom where you're planted. Just make the most of exactly where it is that God has you. There's a thin line between contentment and complacency. Mm -hmm. And finding the balance is sometimes difficult. But if you continue with the attitude of serving, you will find that place of contentment and and just be able to bloom where you're planted. So I I think that was some great advice. Part of it for me, too, in hearing what she said and kind of putting two and two together, it's, you know, if you're in ministry, whatever music ministry that you're in, the growing doesn't stop. Right. Right. You continue to develop, you continue to learn. And and if you come to a point where you kind of put your hands up and said, I'm done, like I've I've learned everything there is to learn, then, no. <laughs> then maybe there's something wrong. Right, right. Yeah, so. This is true. Great advice from Monique Therese on Between the Grooves. And that is it for this week. We are out of time. and We've probably gone over time, to be honest. There was <laughs> such a great conversation that we had with Jake earlier. It's one of these conversations that you just can't stop. You just can't say, oh. Hold off. We're, right. We're out of time now. We're we're not going to continue this conversation. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're going to just keep going. So probably a little bit of a longer episode than we would normally have, but all of the important information and the great conversation that we had with Jake and, of course, welcoming back Monique Therese as well with some artist advice this week. Good stuff. Remember to uh, check in wherever you get your podcasts. We have new episodes happening all the time. So if you subscribe, uh, we'll let you know when a new episode drops. We would love for you to click on those stars. Give us a high rating. It just helps us reach more people. And leave your comments as well. If you have any comments or questions that you'd like to ask, we would love to talk about that before or after one of our episodes and just answer those questions or have some feedback. We love hearing that all the time as well. Do it. Do it. Do it, do it. There we go. (laughs) That's all you have to do. Aisha said it best. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time on Between the Grooves. Between the Grooves.